Welcome back to Half the Battle. I'm your host, as always, Daniel Levy, your co-host, Shaq. We're going to be talking UFC Vegas 25, Dominic Reyes versus Yuri Prohaska. And Shaq, it's going down Saturday night in Las Vegas, Nevada, back at the Apex. Two uh, light heavyweights in the top five want to get to that title position. Obviously, Dominic Reyes coming off two title fights against the last two champions of the division, and Yuri Prohaska. This is a guy that was offered a UFC contract maybe five years ago. He was like, man, I'm not quite ready, but one day I want to be a UFC champion, so I'm going to let you all know when I'm ready. He let him know, goes in there in his debut, knocks out Volkan Uzdemir, and here he is in the main event against Dominic Reyes. Shaq should be one hell of a fight. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know if these guys can live up to, to last week's card, but I think it's a good attempt. I mean, Yuri, the way he looked against Ozdemir, I mean, that was super impressive, not to mention his other wins in, in the uh, Ryzen promotion. He beat Nemkov, the Bellator champ. He, um, he's got some good wins on his resume. It's not like he's been 100% fighting bums. I mean, he's got a couple of a, a good uh, opponents in there. And Reyes, at one point, you know, was, was the number one prospect at 205. He, he stumbled against the, the two champs. But this is a good time to bounce back, huh? I know he's been, uh, you know, kind of, I don't want to say hiding out, but he's been laying low, and he's been, let's see what he does on Saturday night, because uh, Prohachka, or the, however you say his last name, is a lot to deal with. Yeah, no, no doubt about it, but I mean, look, yeah, he did beat a bunch of washed-up vets on the regional scene, but like that's like what I want to see on the regional scene, because like you talk about some of those new prospects that we saw last week, like Rong Shu and the kid fighting Molina, like... They had these extensive records, but like I kind of alluded to, man, that their records might be a little padded. Whereas this guy, like, I want these up and comers to be tested against UFC vets. Yeah, is CB Dalloway and Fabio Maldonado and, you know, Brandon Halsey, Bellator vet, former Bellator champion, are all these guys washed up? Yes, but at least they've been there on that stage. So it's a great experience for a young talent to be able to go out there, showcase their skills, get those wins. Then he comes into the UFC. I mean, Listen, we, we can say all we want about his resume. The guy still got finishes over Vadim Nemkov and uh, Ozdemir, so I, I think he's no slouch at all. And obviously, Reyes, a lot of people, not myself, but a lot of people thought that Reyes went out there and beat the great John Jones when they fought. So this is going to be a hell of a fight. Now, uh, Shaq, before we break down this fight start to finish, uh, you know, obviously we got to give a big shout-out to our sponsor, uh, Manscaped, uh, who've been taking care of us. Thank you so much, Manscaped. Hey, you. Yeah, you got Bush. You definitely do. If you haven't tried the best products from our sponsor today, Manscaped, after using these life changing products, you're going to want to join a ball sack beauty contest. I'm looking out for you, too, because I also have an exclusive 20 percent off discount using the code battle 20 at manscaped.com for 20 percent off and free shipping. Now, nah, I mean, listen, man, you don't want to be cutting them things. You don't want to be going out there not ready for a short notice opportunity. I mean, like uh Get get with it, guys, especially now you're coming out of quarantine. The ladies will thank you. You're going to thank yourself. You're going to feel good about yourself. That's the most important thing. Manscaped is dedicated to helping you level up your full body grooming game with their Perfect Package 3.0 kit. And guys, summer's coming up, so you already know you got to be ready. The Perfect Package 3.0 comes with the Essential Lawn Mower 3.0, which is what I got in my hand right here. This waterproof, cordless body trimmer and a ton of other liquid formulations to round out your grooming routine. This is the best trimmer on to help you trim up the hedges this trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to advanced skin safe technology pioneered by manscaped when you trim the hedges the tree stands tall that's funny i heard that a long time ago and uh 
Try this out and see for yourself if it's true. Inside the perfect package, you'll also find the Manscaped Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, making sure your balls are smelling majestic before your Tinder date or before a date with uh, with your longtime one. And also, you'll also find the Crop Reviver Ball Toner, a spray-on testy toner that's designed to make your balls smell irresistible. Be sure to add the refined cologne to your arsenal. I definitely added it to my arsenal and uh, no complaints here. With the perfect package or performance package, you get two free gifts, the Shed Travel Bag, which is a $39 value, and the patented high-performance reduced chafing Manscaped boxers. I know my boy Shaq uh, knows about them boxers. They're serious. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code BATTLE20 at manscaped.com. Do yourself a favor. Always use the right tools uh, for your bush trimming experience. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code BATTLE20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code battle 20 it's 2021 and you still got bush change that with manscaped shack oh yeah yeah yeah. we can't hear you but we can see that beautiful uh crop reviver my bad uh it's my uh crop preserver let me get it on the camera right but um yeah man that thing is uh it works wonders, man. I mean, you never smell bad. You never, uh, you never are gonna miss a short notice opportunity. And nothing sucks than, you know, with these, uh, with these, what I call the, the bootleg uh, razors, man. The ones you get in Walgreens and Walmart and shit. The, the one you cut yourself and, and you, you know you're supposed to meet up with Shorty later that night and you cut yourself and then their whole plans are ruined, man. So get that manscape and uh, and stay clean and shaven down there. Well said. Now, Shaq, let's break down this whole car start to finish because first up in the Bantamweight division, we got a matchup between Luke Sanders, who's 13 and 4, and Felipe Kolarish is 9 and 2. Currently, they got Luke Sanders minus 140. The comeback on Felipe Kolarish is plus 120. So, I mean, look, uh, Luke Sanders is better across the board. It's just a case where Luke Sanders, uh, what's he going to do to sabotage himself this time? I mean, this is a guy that he'll be dominating fights and then he'll get caught with leg locks. He'll be dominating fights and he'll get caught with a big punch. Both things have happened more than once. You can't call them flukes anymore. So, I think he's going to dominate Felipe Kolarish until he gets caught in a guillotine choke. So, I'm going to go with Felipe Kolarish via second round submission. And I'm gonna I'm gonna call the submission. I'm gonna say guillotine. Yeah, um, I'm gonna go with Luke here, man. I just think <laughs> I, I get the uh, the thought in the line, of course. But I, man, when I watch tape, I kind of see it. I, I see the reasoning why, man. We're talking about a guy that like barely beat Domingo Pilarte is a is a target for the left hand. I mean, he couldn't be more of a target for that left. If I uh, if I've ever seen it, I just look. I get the lines wide, but I think uh, you're fading shit with shit, and I think that uh, Kalara is. I don't know if he's bored, if he's UFC caliber. Luke Sanders, at least he's beaten a couple of guys here and there. At least he beat Hennenberau. Even you know Hennenberau ain't shit these days, but I, I I don't think he necessarily pulled a stunt in the in the uh, Nate Manis fight. In my opinion, I think Manis is honestly a little underrated. Not too many people know about him. One of the longer, longer bantamweights that you're gonna see on the roster. Dude's like five eleven, almost six foot. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna go with Luke here to knock Felipe out. I'm gonna say early too, man. I just see uh Felipe being too hittable. He is very hittable indeed. 
Now, next up in the middleweight division, we got a matchup between KB Bueller. He's eight and one, and Andreas Michalaitis is twelve and four. Currently, they got Andreas Michalaitis minus two forty. The comeback on KB Bueller is plus two hundred. So, uh, Andreas Michalaitis dropping down to one hundred eighty-five pounds, which I, I think is probably the right move. He looked a little small at two hundred five. So basically what we got here is we got a guy in Andreas Michalaitis who is kind of a bit of a front runner. You know, he'll come out super hard, man. And in that first round, man, he gets a lot of first round finishes. The issue is when he gets out the first round, he tends to slow down. He tends to struggle. And that's when other people can get him out of there. With KB Bueller, man, I kind of went on the record and said I wasn't really sure if he belonged in the UFC. I said that last fight had nothing to do with KB Bueller, had everything to do with Tom Breeze. Turns out that was correct. Tom Breeze smoked him in a, in a, <laughs> accordingly. And, um, you know, KB Bueller ruined uh, Bruno, so, uh, Bruno Oliveira's career, man. You know, Bruno Oliveira was supposed to get that big win over KB Bueller. Instead, KB pulls out the fight, which I understand. He got the UFC call, and Bruno has to go up go up a weight class to fight Carlos Olberg and was never the same after. So that sucks that he didn't get to fight KB Bueller. Listen, man, um, I understand people want to take the shot because it's plus 200 to fade Michaelitis, but Shaq said fading shit with shit in the last fight i'm gonna say that here man i'm gonna go with michaelitis look i know he's a front runner i know that if the fight gets extended you know may, it, may, it, might, it might get sketched but i think this is one of those opponents that he can go out there and style on bueller he's tall he's got decent technique i just don't i just don't see that dog in him man uh no disrespect so i'm gonna go with andres michaelitis to get it done yeah, KB Bueller definitely don't think he's UFC level unless he's made a lot of improvements, which is a good chance he has. Um, but I mean, this dude, I seen a fight on the local scene where he was, I mean, he was, he had a, a comeback win against Matt Dwyer. And Matt Dwyer, uh, you know, if he was known for anything in his UFC career, it was for, it was for getting that ass whooped. Um, <laughs> you know, he was exciting, but um, I mean, he got beat up a lot. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go with Michaelitis. Like, I, I think he quit his last fight against uh, against who did he Bukowskis. fight? Um, Bukowskis. Bukowskis. Yeah, Modestus. Yeah, and uh, I think he quit the fight. But at the same time, I mean, there was some big. Modestus is a big boy. I mean, Modestus is in there swinging some some big leather. And uh, I mean, look, he couldn't take it. But I think he'll get this one. Uh, KB Bueller. Oh, man. You know, I think they just sign this guy, you know, sometimes they sign these guys for a quick two and out the door. You know, there's a couple more on this card. too. <laughs> Before we talk about this next fight, everyone do us a favor. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. We appreciate it. Now, next up in the strawweight division, we got a match between Sam Hughes, who's five and two, taking on Loma Luke Boonmi, who's five and two. Now, I know they have identical records, but don't let that fool you real quick. The, the odds Loma Luke Boonmi minus 350 come back on Sam Hughes is plus 260. So. Like I said, both got five and two records, but don't let those records fool you, my man. I mean, uh, Sam Hughes, you know, I was kind of su surprised she got signed to the UFC. She got finished by Vanessa Dumopoulos. You know, uh, we, we love Vanessa. She's a fantastic dancer. But as far as, you know, fighting, that's, you know, a completely different story, man. Um, is, there, is, there any, is there any truth to confirm? Is there any uh, – is can anyone confirm that she's a good dancer or – <laughs> wait we want to give her credit for something because i know we ain't gonna talk about the fighting you know but i mean listen 
with, with Tisha Torres, because, you know, Sam Hughes just fought Torres. With Tisha Torres, I remember a long-ass time ago, Shaq, when, like, you could just say, you could just predict Tisha Torres by decision every single fight that she'd win, and it'd come through. When Tisha Torres is out there getting first-round finishes against you and destroying you like that, I know that Tisha is a litmus test. I know she's top 15, and I know that she'll embarrass certain people, like, you know, win a nice 30-27 unanimous decision. But when she's out there getting first-round finishes against you, that that's when you know, probably need a little more experience on the regional scene. And Loma Lukbunmi stylistically, hey, let's just go out there and tee off on her. Loma's got some very technical uh, Muay Thai. She's on point with her foot sweeps or her combinations, everything. I like what she brings to the table. But more importantly, I like this matchup for her. Look, down the line, a bigger fighter that's going to take her down. That's when we can look to Faye Loma. Not here. Uh, not here against someone that probably doesn't belong and is also going to uh, engage her in the kind of fight she wants. So I got Loma here uh, to get this done. Yeah, I'm actually pretty high on Loma. I think she has the uh, the potential to be in the top 15 one day. I mean, she's only got like a few amount of fights she's coached by. Um you know, uh, our boy Hickman. I know you remember Hickman from uh he's from, from Georgia. the NFC days. Yeah, from the NFC days. So um he's he's doing big things uh out there at Tiger Muay Thai. And you know, I, I like her a lot, man. I think in terms of Thai, I mean there ain't gonna be too many girls <coughs> that uh have that technical prowess like she does, especially at the at the lower levels that she's currently in right now. So the Sam Hughes's, I mean, you already saw what she did at Jenny Fryer last fight. I mean, that was a, that was an absolute beatdown. Um, she was blasting her with the elbows. Uh, just the technicality of that clinch, man, is a lot to deal with. Sam Hughes, look, she doesn't belong here. Even though the Vanepa, uh, Demopolis fight, uh, she was winning that fight, the, dominating. She got caught with the, with a uh, inverse, some some type of crazy ass submission. I don't even remember what it was, but she got put to sleep unconscious. Um, and then like the Jorge final and Torres, Toby, yeah, something like yeah, inverted triangle or something like that. And uh, and I mean, look, I'm not saying she pulled the Roshkov her last fight, but <laughs> she pulled the Roshkov her last fight. I'm, I'm look, I knew she was gonna get absolutely beat beat up i mean it was getting ugly it was gonna be hell it was already an hellacious ass whooping like it's just i know some girls that would have stayed in there and just kept taking it and you know i don't know exactly what happened but they hey look fight another day but it just lets me know that she ain't ready she ain't ready for this level of competition man um there's just honestly i just think she needs more fights man i just I don't think Loma Lubumi, like her fight um, against her debut was against Albu, you know, kind of green, showed some good signs, but then she took a big step up against Hill and Hill's like a top, you know, 15 girl. And I mean, Loma held her own. She won around on two cards. Like it wasn't like she got absolutely beaten up to a point where, you know, they had to stop the fight in between rounds, man. So I think Loma's better now, better long term. And I think she's going to whoop up on uh, Sam Hughes. Now, real quick, before we talk about Kai Kamaka and TJ Brown, I want to give a quick shout out to my boy Marcus for hooking me up with this badass Bud Crush hoodie. That's his company. Uh, Shaq, your, your uh, merch is on the way. Um, follow him at Bud underscore Crush. My boy Marcus met him in Vegas. I uh, had a blast. So thank you so much for supporting me, Shaq, the show, and for all the love over the years. You're the man, uh, Bud underscore Crush. And, you know, it's just a great message. Uh, 
what y'all stand for. And this gear looks fresh. So thank you so much, my man. Now, next up in the featherweight division, we got a match between Kai Kamaka. He's eight and three. And TJ Brown is 14 and eight. Currently, they got Kai Kamaka minus 150. The comeback on TJ Brown is plus 130. So this is an interesting fight because, you know, TJ Brown, he's got more than twice the experience of Kai Kamaka. The issue with Brown obviously he's a fantastic oh he's, he's a decent wrestler you know you could say he's a fantastic wrestler he gets a lot of takedowns but man his chin I, i've seen fights that he's dominating and he just gets floored or sometimes the decision making the fight iq i saw him get choked out with something as uh jordan griffin that i've never seen ever in the ufc a guillotine from side control like what so it's like kai kamaka i actually think is a talented prospect i know he let a lot of people down that last fight i felt like he was in there with another tough prospect um but I really liked what I saw from Kai Kamaka in that debut, man. On a short notice debut, went out there. They landed a lot of volume, him and Tony Kelly, uh, Kelly did. And I feel like, you know, if Kai Kamaka can stay off his back and um, get to the scorecards, man, I think that he can outwork uh, TJ Brown. It's just the takedowns are the big concern here. So I understand people taking the shot on TJ. He's the more experienced guy. He can possibly land takedowns here. I'm just I just can't trust the guy to not fuck up along the way. At least he's the dog. At least you're not laying chalk on TJ Brown. I'm gonna go with Kai Kamaka. I really liked him as a prospect on LFA. I liked his debut. He fell short in the last fight. But you know, sometimes when they get that 50k bonus and they've never seen anything like that in their lives, they underperform their next fights. I think he's been humbled. I think he's around the right people. And I'm gonna pick Kai Kamaka to get this win check. Yeah, TJ Brown is kind of he was in that category where, like, with Brock Weaver, um, a couple of guys that I honestly, uh, they were just kind of more glaring to me. I did not think they deserved contracts when they were on the Contender Series. I, 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 you know, their fights on the Contender Series, I just was not impressed. He got floored in that Contender Series fight. Um, the duty fought, you know, was a, a can. And, you know, look, TJ Brown, yeah, he's strong. He's got the takedowns. But this dude ain't built for a war, man. Um I mean, his calves are weak. His chin is weak. Um, I mean, his fight IQ is weak. Uh, he's he, he definitely not as scary as he looks. I mean, he's a big boy, but he just dude's not built for war, man. Um, his chin his chin just can't simply take it. How many knockout losses does he have? Um, I don't know exactly how many, how many, but you can just tell that when fists are flying around his face that. It, it changes him. His demeanor changes. I mean, you can see it. Um, I mean, look at his last fight against Danny Chavez. Look, I kind of seen that come. Well, you know, with Chavez in his fight with um, with uh, Gordon, you know, because I was like, everyone's like hyping up Danny Chavez to be this prospect. I'm like, guys, everybody looks good against T.J. Brown. Uh, <laughs> everybody looks good against T.J. Brown, man. Um, like. TJ, look, I, I know Kai let, let a lot of people down, but you got to think Pierce was coming off a long layoff. He moved to fight ready. I've actually been hearing <coughs> um, that Kamaka kind of, that was a late notice fight, like maybe a couple weeks. He, there was kind of limbo of whether the fight was going to be at 55 or 45. They made it at 45. He, I think uh, if you look at his weigh-ins, he had a very bad weight cut that day. So I honestly think Kai Kamaka just – kind of bit off more than he could chew. You know, he's a young kid. He, he's tried to take a, a fight on short notice, tried to be, you know, these kids think that every, not everyone can be Cowboy Cerrone. I mean, you can't, you can't just fight every two weeks, you know? Um, and I think he made a mistake taking that fight. So I think he's going to bounce back on, on track here against TJ, who, who, 
you know, borderline, I mean, is a guarantee that if you touch this kid at any point in the 15 minutes, I mean, the, the, the chances that he hits a knee are very, very high. Um, and yeah, Pierce definitely had some takedowns and control, Kai. It's definitely a concern, but you know, I, I heard he moved to Las Vegas. I heard he's working with the Hawaiian team at um at, at, at with Eric Nixick and um you know Puna and Brad Tavares and um who's the other Hawaiian fuck um and Maggie. Naki Patolo. Yeah, um you know, so he's working with those guys. So let's see how let's see how they uh, affect this game. You know, he's no longer training in that. Uh, and, you know, you know, he is Ray Cooper's boy, the the PFL millionaire. And, you know, he, they train in a in like a little garage, so he's getting some better training. And let's see how he does. Yeah, no doubt about it, man. And I'm very excited to see this fight for sure. Now, next up, also in the featherweight division, we got Gabriel Mowgli Benitez. He's 22 and eight. He's second on Jonathan JSP Pierce, who's 10 and four. Currently, they got Gabriel Benitez minus 190. The comeback on Jonathan Pierce is plus 165. Shaq, so it's interesting, man, because it's like Gabriel Benitez is such a vet, and you got to be a certain level to to beat this guy. You know, uh, obviously, we always talk about it every time. Some of the hardest kicks uh, in the in the featherweight division, um, even when he fought at lightweight, man. I mean, this guy this guy kicks like a mule. He's so experienced. His hands are underrated, in my opinion. Nasty guillotine choke. Uh, with Jonathan Pierce, one thing I really like about this kid is his toughness and his volume. His output is nonstop, and I feel like he's really big for the weight class. That last fight, man, he put on some size in that last fight. He looked like a different man than he did in the Joe Lozon fight. I know that Joe Lozon fight was a big moment, and sometimes you fight Lozon in Boston, he might run through you. That's what happened. I felt like he looked like a new man. So are, are you kind of going with the volume and the output of Pierce, or do you favor the the experience of a savvy vet like Gabriel Benitez? Yeah, this is a good fight um, because historically speaking, I, I, you know, I pick Mowgli Benitez fights very well. I don't know. I think I've picked like his last five or six fights correctly. But I think I bet them all too, uh, starting from um, – since like Jason, yeah, Ben and I times or something like that. Oh, you yeah, know? you did pick him at big night. That's true. Yeah, I mean, I pick his, uh, I pick his fights very well. I got a very good weed on Mowgli. I bet him his last fight. They said the line was too steep against a jobber named Justin James, and and uh, I mean, he ran through him. Bet Omar against him. Bet Sodiq against him. Band and I. Um, so yeah, this fight with Pierce, man. I, I, I like what I'm seeing from Pierce. I've actually been hearing good things about Pierce from from some from some very people from people that I respect in the game, like Captain Eric. Um, I don't know JSP what he was doing during that break, but apparently he's been a sparring partner for uh, for Zombie in Zombies camps, and they actually bought him to uh, they bought him to Brazil to to train with Patricio as well. So. Um, I guess they've been using J JSP as a uh, as a punching bag for the Pitbull brothers, and I guess he uh, I guess he learned some things along the way to take him to that last fight. But uh, on a serious note, man, the I just think Mowgli Benitez, honestly, man, is one of the more underrated fighters in that forty five slash fifty five range. Not saying that he's ever going to be top fifteen, but I just think that. I mean, just look at his losses, like the Omar Morales fight, even though he lost, I mean, it was a fantastic fight. I mean, they were standing in the pocket. I mean, some of the kicks traded in that fight were 
were brutal. I mean, Mowgli's shin was literally, you know, down to, to the bone. Um, and then the Sadiq Yusuf fight. Sadiq Yusuf is a top, t a top 10 guy at featherweight as far as I'm concerned with wins over some good lightweight prospects as well. Um, Andre Philly. So yeah, the, the proof, you have to be top 15. And what I'm concerned with, with JSP is that we're overrating this performance that he had against Kai Kamaka. I like Kai Kamaka, but Kai Kamaka is nowhere near as experienced as a Mowgli Benitez. He's nowhere near as talent, not talented, but just, he doesn't kick as hard. He doesn't punch as hard against high level guys like a Mowgli Benitez does in my opinion. So you know, honestly, man, I am going to go with Mowgli Benitez. I do like what I'm seeing from Pierce, but I don't want to jump the gun just yet. But on the bright side, he is dog money. But I think there's reason to believe that Mowgli should be this price. Like, he takes care of business against these lower-level guys. And and Pierce, the more so the issue, the key factor for that Kai Kamaka fight really wasn't the striking. His volume's good for sure. But I, I really think Kai Kamaka slowed down very quick. I don't see... Gabriel Benitez doing that. And I don't see him having a, getting the wrestling, you know, having an edge in the wrestling like that against Mowgli Benitez. I think it's going to be a lot harder to get on the inside. Um, I mean, you're going to, you're going to be eating some hard, hard body kicks, some hard inside low kicks, a kick upstairs. I want to see what, what JSP does against this time. I think Kai Kamaka is talented, but a young kid who, who's making a lot of mistakes. Mowgli Benitez is not that type of guy. So I'm going to take him for the win here. I say by just a, a solid decision. Um, just by blasting JSP with kicks. Uh, but I think JSP will, will go the distance. So. Yeah, I mean, look, Gabriel is, is flat out in his prime right now. And I, I kind of wanted JSP to, you know, build off the momentum of that last fight. You know, go fight a TJ Brown. Go fight a Jordan Griffin. Go fight that Saldana guy. Like, I feel like those are the kind of fights that... Which is Saldana's his teammate. Fight uh, Rennie. Well, that's too bad, you know, because that's an easy win for him. No, no disrespect. But, uh, you know, fight guys of that caliber. Like, that's that's what I want to see uh, uh, Jonathan Pierce in there with, man. I mean, he's still young in the game, but I, I think he's talented. I think he's got the size. He's huge for the weight class. I love the output. I mean, nearly 150 strikes landed on the Contender Series fight. The last one against Kakamaka. I mean, it's one thing to get the win, but the way he won to outwork a, a Hawaiian warrior the way he did, like I'm, I'm very impressed, man, um, for sure. And I think he's got a bright future. He's also a guy that overcame a broken jaw back in the day. He, he he's overcome some serious stuff. So nothing but respect for JSP. Um, but I agree with you on this one, man. I I think that Gabriel, it just that, that experience is so such a key factor in a lot of these kind of matchups where you talk about the vet versus the up and comer. Um, and we've been shown time and time again that there are levels to this. Um, and I think that JSP is going to go on to win some fights. But like I said, I want to see him in there with TJ Brown. I want to see him in there with Jordan Griffin. I want to see him in there with those kind of guys for now. Then later on down the line, you can work your way to a Mowgli. I don't think he's quite ready. And people are going to be like, well, Omar Morales fought him early in his guys. Omar Morales is like 35 years old. Omar's flat out in his prime. It's a completely different story. JSP is is just a kid. I mean, he's still in his 20s, man. So we'll see what happens. He's a big boy. He's got output. He's got decent wrestling. But people are disrespecting the defensive wrestling of Gabriel Benitez. They say because Enrique Barzola took him down a bunch, therefore Pierce will. Guys, don't disrespect Barzola. One thing about Barzola, the kid can wrestle, and he's been in the UFC. Barzola is a guy that's won like six or seven UFC fights. He's no slouch. And if you actually watch what happened in that fight, 
Gabriel Benitez got up from every takedown. And in the last round, he even dropped Barzola. So it's not like that fight was some blowout or, or something like people are making it seem. So I'm going to go with you know, much uh, my, my bad, but you know, uh, El Fuerte Barzola dumped Mazar Evloev twice. Bro, and that's just like, facts. <laughs> like he he won around, like, bro. Like it's just a, like I don't understand how people are disrespecting Barzola. You know, I know why because of their recency bias. They bet him at minus three hundred against Yaya, and it was a draw. His first time at bantamweight. Oh, oh, oh my God! You know, so. Yeah, I, I got Gabrielle here. I, the body kicks. I think his hands are underrated too, man. I, I think don't sleep on Mowgli's hands either, but obviously his kicks are his best weapon. Uh, let's see what happens here. I got Gabrielle. Now, next up, I'm excited to hear your take on this one, man. Next up in the strawweight division, we got Randa Marco. She's 10 and 10, and Luana Pinheiro is 8 and 1. Currently, they got Luana Pinheiro minus 160. The comeback on Randa Marcos is plus 140. So, Let's 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 do this again, my man. Tyler Santos, Gloria de Paula. We can keep going on. So look, I think that Luana Pinheiro is gonna project to go farther than Randa Marcos. I think she's very talented. I like the fact that she's a finisher. Um, I talk often at this level of the game, power can overcome technique, and it's not like Randa's hands, you know, are like you know the most technical in the world. I'm just saying. Uh, but also, I like her jujitsu game as well. Pinheiro's that is. It's just. This is her UFC debut, Shaq. We've seen a lot of these contender series chicks. Uh, they do great. They look amazing. They look like they have a lot of potential. But in that debut, they lay a complete egg. And here with Random Marco, she's as experienced as they get. Now, a lot of people are excusing her last few losses because of the competition. I'm not one of those people. The reason why is because I remember when Random Marcos was out here beating Carla Esparza. I cashed a plus 265 ticket. And you can say, oh, that was forever ago. Hey, Carla was still a former champ. When that happened, Carla had already finished Rose Nama Yunus and uh, beat Tisha Torres when that happened. Randa also beat Tisha Torres back in the day. So I think Randa at one point, like she was an underrated fighter in that division. I feel like now she is declining a bit. And yeah, we can say Amanda Rebos, Mackenzie Dern. Okay, but what about this last fight against Murata? Like, listen, guys, I know some of y'all are hyping up Murata, but y'all know Murata got finished by Rin Nakai, right? So I'm just saying, like, we have seen debutants go out there and beat Randa Marcos. And so my whole thing is this. Um, I kind of wish she was fighting Randa Marcos in her second fight because this could be like Barella versus Tyler Santos where, you know, it doesn't matter who the better fighter is. Uh, you know, they, they lay that debut egg or Jin Yu Fry versus Gloria De Paulo. That's what, that's what I'm worried about here. So if you're taking Randa for the experience, because, I, I mean, this girl Pinero hasn't fought anything. I completely understand that. But I actually do not like what I've seen from Randa lately. I don't like her training situation. Um, now she's in there with Travis Luter. And, uh, you know, Travis Luter is the yes man that told Kevin Holland he doesn't need to work on his wrestling, right? So I don't see, uh, I don't see things getting better for Randa, actually. So I'm actually, so this time she, she might look, Luana might pull that, that debut egg, maybe, but I'm going to go with, uh, with Luana here because I just don't think Randa up here mentally is where she once was. So I'll go Luana. Yeah, man. I think uh, Randa's days are over, man. Unfortunately, I, I don't, I, I see, I just see it getting worse and worse and worse and worse. Um, you know, she's always kind of been the win, lose, win, lose, but now it's lose, 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 <laughs> you know? So, um, man, Panero, yeah, the whole contender series thing, man, I kind of disagree with that shit, to be honest. Um, in hindsight, in hindsight, man, 
if you watch, uh, you know, if we're talking about Dave Paula and Jenny Fry, you know, in hindsight, because I just watched uh, Luke Boomy versus uh, Jenny Fry. And I mean, look, Jenny Fry had a good third round against Luke Boomy. Um, it was a good thing to, to lead into her next fight. You know, it was a it was a positive thing. And you could just kind of tell those chicks were a lot more physical, like, um, you know, so in hindsight, just made a, a mistake there. And with random Marcos, I mean, everything is pointing down. You know, I did see that she's training with Kevin Holland and them. But I just think this is a last-ditch effort, man. This is, I mean, I've been saying about random Marcos for years now that her she's she's a mess. I mean, this is why she her record is the way it, it is what it is. I mean, she look at the wins, but then look at the losses. It's like, oh, my God. Like, and, and it's just getting worse. She, and the, and, the, and the, the thing I like about this spot is the path is clearly here for victory. Take her down, get on top, and she ain't been getting up. Uh, she fought a, a black belt during, I mean, the fight was over very quickly. Amanda Rebus stayed on top of her for the whole time. Kanako stayed on top of her for pretty much the whole time. Panero is a world champion jiu-jitsu player or a judo player or something like that. You know, Mateus has been teaching her about his left foot. She, she, knocked, out, uh, she knocked out her last opponent with that left foot. I just think she can come out here, get the takedown, stay on top. Random Marcos is she's getting up there in age as well. Uh, she's got to be like over thirty-five, you know, something like that. Um, and I just I think it's just been getting worse and worse. Now it's back to the point where she her record is under five hundred. I mean, she's ten and eleven now. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go with Luana Pinero. Yeah, she hasn't really fought anybody, but you know, I'm gonna trust that. You know, at the the training she's been getting at Nova yeah, with Mateus, and more so than the fact that Mateus is her head coach. That may, you know, maybe he he's got her groomed up a, a little bit better than you know some of these other girls. So I'm gonna go with uh, Luana Pinero to to dominate Randa Marcos. Man, Randa Marcos, I haven't seen anything positive here. In a, and to be honest, like the last time she looked good was against Angela Hill, but. Uh, before that, man, it, it was a while since she looked good before that. Like, it's her whole UFC career has been like this whole the potential is gone now. I mean, that's just facts. Um, she ain't never this is she's fighting for a job here on Saturday. So, and, and I've heard, you know, things in the past where like I've, I've heard that Shelby is kind of like he's been he's been trying to like set her up at times. Like, she's admitted this. Like, so like she said that like if she says no to a fight, Shelby will be like all right well i'll just cut you then <laughs> and, then uh, and then you know she has to take a fight with like marina rodriguez or reboss and fucking and all this shit but yeah i think this is her last ufc fight i mean listen just uh pinero don't don't go out there and pull a tyler santos versus barella and then you should win this fight now, next up uh, in the flyweight division, we got Pollyanna Botelio. She's eight and three. She's taking on Luana Dread Carolina, who's six and two. Currently, they got Pollyanna Botelio minus two fifty five. The comeback on Luana Carolina is plus two fifteen. So, Shaq, I mean, look, I I, I, fa I favor Pollyanna Botelio. Don't get me wrong. I think she's the more experienced fighter here. Um, I think she's fought the better level of competition. I think possibly more well rounded. But the way she fights, she likes to stand and bang. I mean, I've seen her uh, finish girls with body kicks before. She hits hard for sure. Luana Carolina's got some good Muay Thai too, or you know, some decent Muay Thai as well. Kind of leaves her chin in the air. That's my only issue uh, with her striking. But she, she, uh, she's got something there too. So, do you agree 
with uh, Pollyanna being close to a three to one favorite here. Yeah, look, uh, no, I don't. But <laughs> um, I think, look, she's got the. If anyone's gonna get the takedowns, it's gonna be Pollyanna. She actually is a, a wrestling champ, so I could. Yeah, that's it. My camera just—can you still hear me? I can still hear you, and I now I can see you. Yeah, but um, I think her. Uh, damn, I can't see me. But anyways, uh, you can see me. Yeah, I can see you. Your your image is frozen, but I can see your face. Uh, all right, I'll just keep talking. But anyways, man, I think. Uh, yeah, Luana Carolina getting tapped out by Lipsky. I mean that that. That's not a good look. It's not a good look. Uh, you know, I've been on the record to say Lipsky is one of the bigger frauds in the in the come con to come along in the UFC in 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 a, in a long while. Um, but at the same time, man, I've seen Pollyanna Botello fight before live in person, and and I've heard her huffing and puffing from where I was standing. Her cardio is in big concern. You know, we he dropped out, but. Uh... He is correct. We were in Atlanta, Georgia, when she fought Lauren Mueller. And let's just say that third round when Lauren Mueller, who's known for her hands, uh, you know, known for her hands, but you, you know what I'm saying? She ain't known for her takedown. She was out there getting on top of Pollyanna Botelio in that third round. So that's what, you know, Pollyanna's got one of those Novo and Yao gas tanks. And, we, you know, you know what we talk about when they start doing the Novo, when they uh, start gassing out after that first round, they go super hard in that first round, then gas out big time and become walking mummies and that's the kind of thing you should be worried about in this spot here with luana carolina i mean if this is a stand-up fight I, I could kind of see it being somewhat 50 50 i know that sounds crazy to a lot of people because botelio is the much more experienced fighter here but man i like the volume of uh, luana carolina and if she's not getting put on her back i think that there's a good chance luana actually gets this upset um so personally I'm going to go with Luana Carolina to get it done. Look at these odds you got to. I think that if you took, you know, let's see what the opener was, minus 185, even that's a little steep. Um, you know, I personally think Botelio should be more like minus 150. So there is value, in my opinion, on uh, on Luana Carolina at plus 215. And actually, I'm going to pick Luana Carolina to get it done here just by out-voluming um, Pollyanna Botelio. But she's definitely got to look out for those hard shots, though, that body kick. The one big punch, all that stuff. But if she avoids getting taken down, I think Luana can outvolume her and uh, outlast her down the stretch. So I'm going to go with Luana Carolina to win a decision, a close one, Shaq. Uh, yeah, I was saying, um, you know, I worried about Pollyanna Batello doing the, the Nova, and the yeah. Nova is when you uh, <laughs> is when you're huffing and puffing by the end of the first round. Um, but I am going to pick her to get this one. I think she's going to get some takedowns here and actually kind of switch it up from what, what we see from her usually. Um, I think she's going to hit some takedowns like how she did against uh, Lauren Mueller the first two rounds and probably hold on for dear life in the last one. So I'll go with uh, Pollyanna Batoa. Now, next up in the uh, Bantamweight division, we got a matchup between Marab the Machine, Dewalish Wheelies. He's 12 and 4. He's taking on Cody Stamen, who's 19 and 3. Currently, they got Marab Dewalish Wheelie minus 250, the comeback. Uh, excuse me. Yeah, minus 250, the comeback on Cody Stamen, plus 195. Great fight. I'm very excited about this one. So, 
I can't really say too many bad things about Cody Stamen. I think that he's extremely solid. I think he's well-rounded. I think he's underrated. I think he knows exactly what he needs to do to win these fights. I think his takedown defense is on point. I mean, I saw Brian Caraway lift the leg of uh, Cody Stamen like up over his head and still couldn't take him down. So this guy's very impressive. And uh, the thing I like most about Cody Stamen is that you know he's no he he doesn't really take too many unnecessary risks. He's just super solid and knows what he needs to get the job done. The only issue is. That thing that I like about Stamen so much, the not taking unnecessary risks, I think that that's what might get him outworked in this spot here against Marab Dewalishwili. Because, you know, I, I do think Marab's going to hit some takedowns on uh, Cody, and Cody probably gets back up, but I think that Marab's going to kind of lean on him. And then in the striking department, I think a lot of people uh, count out Marab striking. I think it's been making big improvements. You know, that Dodson fight, I think he was only credited for like two takedowns, but I counted a lot more than two takedowns uh, in that fight. Some of these numbers are, are completely off, uh, just so you all know. But, you know, and I thought his striking looked a lot better. I, I think that right now Marab is locked in in a way where he, he might actually be towards that top 10 trajectory and moving up the rankings and, and going far. And, and look, Cody, I got nothing bad to say about Cody Stamen. So solid, a winner, a guy that I truly respect. I, I just think he's gonna get slightly outworked in this spot and lose a and lose a you know an uh, an honorable uh, decision here. So I'm gonna go with Marab Dualishwili to outwork Cody Stamen if he had a decision. Yeah, Stamen is definitely a wrestler. He's definitely got the uh, takedown defense. Definitely hasn't been taken down much. Um, yeah, but it's just Mirab's such an aggressor, man. Mirab takes the center. Mirab, he's leading the dance. Um, you're reacting to what he does. You know, he he's a, he's a ball of energy, you know. Um, yeah, Cody Stamen, look, the only way I see him winning this fight is if he can either – you know, he's not known for his punching power. I do still see some openings in Marab striking, but I think only the better strikers, probably guys at the topper end of the division could capitalize on. Um, and Cody Stamen's more of a point fighter. So, yeah, man, it, it probably is a good matchup here for Marab to just, you know, be the aggressor, be elite, move forward, um, make him react to the takedowns. I, I highly doubt Cody's going to be that aggressive just because we know Marab, I mean, he said her. He's already set the record for most takedowns in at bantamweight, right? Um, so we already know what type of what type of game he's dealing with. But on another on another note, man, Cody Stamen, it's he's also one of these guys where it's kind of he's he's it's hard to look good against him, like except Aljamain. But you know, uh, Aljamain is like Marab's best friend. I'm sure he gave him some. Uh, Gave him some good pointers to get the win here. So, yeah, I'll take him for the win here. But Cody Stamen, a lot of guys have off nights when they fight him, but we'll see what happens. It's a good point. Now, next up in the middleweight division, we got a match between Sean Strickland. He's 22-3, and three, and Christoph Jotko is 22-4. and four. Currently, they got Sean Strickland minus 250. The comeback on Christoph Jocko is plus 200. So, Shaq, this should be a great matchup. I mean, Chris Jocko, he came through for us many times back in the day, and obviously we've been high on Sean Strickland since day one. I bet him in his debut. Um, so I like both these guys a lot. I think uh, Strickland's been looking a lot better since he moved up to 85s. Jocko on a three-fight uh, streak, so I think his confidence is back. Uh, how you see this one playing out, man? Yeah, um, look, I think Strickland's been looking good as his two fights since he returned back from that motorcycle accident. Seems like he 
you know, I follow him on Instagram, man. I mean, dude is, uh, dude's pretty crazy, man. I mean, dude, uh, <laughs> the shit, the shit this dude's saying, but it, I like it though, man. Dude's seems like he's very passionate about fighting right now, which I kind of questioned with him, like when he was at 170, maybe it was the weight cut, I man. I don't know. But uh, I always used to wonder, like, does this dude really even care? You know, <laughs> it seems like now, man, since he had that motorcycle accident and that layoff, dude's just been, uh, I mean, having these these uh, rants on Twitter, uh, it's actually pretty, pretty good, man. Um, but, yeah, his last fight against Brennan, he did his thing. Um, the only, look, I, I like Strickland to win this fight. Like, I think that he's has the higher ceiling between the two and and i and i feel like he might even be slightly more hungrier the only concern i have is the line because he is minus two something and you have to respect what christoph jocko has done to get himself back into where he is going in a saturday night i mean at one point christoph was down in the dumps i mean everyone thought christoph was about to be back in ksw with the with the getting you know getting getting the sponsors painted on him and stuff you know how they do it <laughs> out there in uh, KSW but uh and I think and and the only concern I have is what if what happens if this becomes a slow fight what happens if if uh, Strickland is trying to walk him down and I know that he walked he kind of walked Brendan Brendan down a little recklessly with his chin up in the air um, and Brendan in my opinion is a great fighter but just I just view Christoph Jocko being the better striker, uh, much better footwork, much better angles, much better just everything, honestly. Um, so, look, Christoph, if the if he can make this a slow fight and make this a point battle and <laughs> make this, uh, uh, you know, I honestly think he could. I'm not saying he's going to be breakdancing in the middle of the cage after the fight, but I think, man, you keep fighting close to Kristoff and you will pay the price. Just ask Eric. Just ask ask a bunch of guys, man, <laughs> what happens when you fight close to Kristoff. You'll be, you'll be looking at your coaches like, wait, I thought we won. But uh, anyways, man, I, I'm going to go with Strickland here. I just think he's going to move forward, be more aggressive, probably capitalize on Kristoff with his chin up in the air a couple of times. But at the same time, in hindsight, Strickland has his chin up in the air, too. Kristoff has a very good straight left, and he just has a lot better maneuvering around the cage in comparison to the two guys that he's fought, Marshman and um, Brendan Allen. So I'm going to pick Strickland for the win, but I think the line's too wide, man. I think Kristoff, like, yeah, who would he beat? Barry, all, some other can, and Eric Anders. Definitely those guys definitely aren't on Strickland's level, but – we can't forget at one point Christoph Jocko was was a top ten guy. Was at one point he was the the number one prospect at middleweight. Um, and, and if his confidence has finally reached back to that point, I would not be shocked if he had a performance like that. I mean, I still believe in Christoph Jocko. I, I didn't necessarily stop believing in, in him either because I, you know, look, he got knocked out against Uriah Hall. I mean, look where Uriah Hall is right now. Uriah Hall is like top seven, eight. Um, and Chris was putting it on him too, and Christoph was whooping his ass. Um, so I'm not, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if Christoph reminded everyone, like, guys, I'm still here. I am that top fifteen guy. Um, but it's gonna be a good fight. But I'll go with Strickland by close decision. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm really happy that Christoph has his confidence back uh, on that win streak. Um, he's got. A really nice Euro point fighting style. The footwork. I've always loved his footwork. He's been mixing in takedowns. Uh, one thing I got to say, 
the only fight in recent memory that he's gotten more than one takedown in is against Alan Amadovsky, and prior to that was uh, Brad Scott, or as we like to say in Brazil, Shaq, uh, Brad Scotch. So he doesn't really get more than one takedown per fight um, often. Um, and here with Strickland, look, I love the point fighting of Jocko. The only thing is Strickland actually has more output uh, than Jocko. He's probably got more volume than him, and I think that he is a better boxer than uh, Jocko for sure. It's just, you know, Jocko, he's got a great body kick, the footwork. Sometimes he can make these fights look a lot closer than they are. So I agree that, you know, I, I don't blame anyone for taking the shot on Jocko, but I, I also personally am going to go with Strickland as well because I do think that, you know, when you talk about, you know, a point fighter in Jocko, well, Strickland's got more output than him, and I think that Strickland's got better hands than him. Um, and Strickland's confidence is at an all-time high right now. So maybe that's a good thing, maybe that's a bad thing, right? Uh, sometimes they get overconfident. But I think Strickland's a guy that's been paying his dues in the UFC for a long-ass time, long, 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 long time, man. He's been in the UFC since before half the battle was even a show. So, yeah, uh, I'm going to go with Strickland here to get it done, but much respect to Jocko for sure. Next up in uh, the light heavyweight division, the featured bout. Before we talk about the featured bout, give us a like and a subscribe. We appreciate it. We got Iwan the Hulk Kutalaba. He's 15 and 6. He's taking on Dustin Jacoby, who's 14 and 5. Currently, they got Iwan Kutalaba minus 140. The comeback on Dustin Jacoby is plus 120. So, Shaq, sometimes Iwan Kutalaba just comes out like a madman, killer be killed, swinging big bombs. Other times, not 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 always, not often, but every now and then we'll see him go to his wrestling because he allegedly does have this Moldovan wrestling background. Just rarely uses it, but when, when he decides to use it, it's effective. And I would say that this is probably a fight where he wants to use it or where he should at least. Uh, what do you think, man? I mean, is he gonna fight? Can you count on a on a maniac like this to fight smart? Uh, or is he going to stand with, uh, you know, the the glory kickboxer and potentially get hurt? <laughs> um, yeah, look, it's simple with Kudalaba. When fights go out the first round, what usually happens? I mean, <laughs> he, uh, it's either he comes out and just kills you right away or he gasses out. But at the same time, he has a uh, loss of some good guys. Um, man, but Jacoby is a tough style to deal with for a guy like him, in my opinion, just because... We know that if this fight gets extended, his combinations, his, just his whole striking arsenal, the low kicks, the the, the jabs, um, his boxing ain't necessarily the best, but the kicks and, you know, the calf kicks per se. It's just really, you could see, you know, Jan Kudalaba gassing out to to, to things like that and, and you know, kind of having trouble like what he's had in the past, man. Um but yeah, look, if Kudalaba comes out here and wrestles and jumps on him right away, yeah, he could he could get the finish. But I'm gonna go with the la I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with Jacoby on this one, man. I know a lot of people think his last fight was a robbery, and look, it was close. And I'm not saying that Grisham, you know, fought bad or Jacoby fought bad. It was a close fight, but look, Grisham missed weight by like five pounds. So if it's 50-50, you give it to the guy that you know made weight, and that's what they did. Uh, so um. I think, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Jacoby in this one to kind of just weather the storm, probably lose the first round, weather the storm early, you know, take the, take this whooping up front. But in rounds two and three, you know this dude is going to be huffing and puffing. You know he doesn't think straight in the late rounds. You know how old is Kudalaba? He's still a young He's still a young kid, man. He's still like 25, 6, young. 27, man. yeah. Yeah, 27. 
man, one of these days, if, uh, but man, the only concern I like, I heard Kudalaba moved to Las Vegas. Um, uh-uh. I heard he left Moldova. I heard he, I heard he's with Nick. Uh, I don't know if Mixic is cornering him, but I know that he's been at Extreme. I know he's been, uh, he left Moldova for this fight. So, you know, we'll see what happens um, if there's going to be any improvements here. I, I saw him on his Instagram. He's been doing some sparring with Francis and Ganu and some uh, some other guys. I wonder how that went. But I'm gonna go with uh, <laughs> I'm gonna go with Jacoby by by 29-28 decision. Kind of win the second and third rounds. Um, but man, there's a chance there's a draw. There's a chance he gets 10-8 in the first as well. Yeah, you know Francis was was pulling those punches, right? You know, he yeah, wasn't you know they, anybody. You know they have to tell Francis thirty percent. Like Francis, take it easy on him. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, look, Iwan Kutalaba, he's experienced. He's been in the UFC half a decade. He's fought some tough ass dudes in the UFC. He's got that wrestling background that he never uses, but occasionally when he decides to use it against like Khalil Roundtree, which like the reason I'm bringing that up, Khalil known for that Muay Thai, Dustin known for uh, that kickboxing. If you want to go ahead and take this guy down, now I'm not saying Dustin is gonna just fold like uh, Khalil did when he got taken down. That that's the big thing. Like if Dustin gets taken down in round one, does that mean the fight's automatically over? Because you know, you know those kickboxers don't fight on the mat, right? So it's like, how is his get up game? How is his takedown defense on contender series? It looked good, but on contender series. On Contender Series, he was in there against a guy named Ty Flores. No disrespect to him, but, you know, Ewan's kind of on a higher level than that, right? So what happens if Ewan gets on top of Dustin Jacoby in that first round? That, that's, my, that's my big question because I really don't know. I mean, maybe he finishes Dustin Jacoby. But one thing I do know, like you said, like we've known for years, this guy is killer to be killed, Ewan is. So you get him out the first round and he hasn't gotten you out of there or he hasn't severely compromised you, that's your turn to pick it up. And you huff and puff against a glory kickboxer, a real glory kickboxer. You know, he was actually fighting like world champions there. Um, Dustin, yeah. my. Yeah, it's a good point you said that. There's a difference between a glory kickboxer and a real glory kickboxer, you know? Yeah, this guy's the the real one. Like, he, 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 he was fighting like. Uh, man, um. I forget. Oh, he was, he was like in there with like Simon Marcus and Wayne. He beat Wayne Barrett. Like if you know, he, he, yeah, he beat, him. He beat Wayne Barrett. Like, <laughs> like, like say, say less. You know what I mean? He went to a decision with Simon Marcus. Like if you all don't know who those guys are, those are like elite, elite glory kickboxers. At least they were in their primes. Um, so, yeah. So the reason I'm bringing that up, I know different sport. If you can get past this first round, Dustin Jacoby, there is a good chance you are going to light this man up. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, we do have questions about Jacoby. Um, not, not just in the grappling, maybe does he have a little bit of that kickboxer chin? I did see him get a little wobble that last fight. Um, he has been knocked out before, so Ewan hits like a truck. So there are a lot of questions. And like you were saying, Ewan, it, it, maybe one day he's finally going to put it together. I know he's a talented guy. He's been in the UFC a long time. He's just a, a maniac, you know? So maybe one day he puts it together. Maybe that one day is uh, Saturday because, I mean, this is Dustin's third UFC fight, right? But uh, Dustin's the dog here. Get past the first round, and the odds increase big time in your favor. So I'm going to go with Dustin uh, for the upset. Now, this one I've been looking forward to for a long time, Shaq. The co-main event of the evening. We got the legend, Killer Cub Swanson. He's 27 and 11, and he's taking on Giga Chikadze, who's 12 and 2. Currently, they got 
Giga Chikadze minus 165. The comeback on Cub Swanson is plus 145. So, look, obviously, Giga has never fought anybody like Cub before. We can't debate that. Cub's been in there with everybody, literally, and he's beat some of the best guys on planet Earth. But stylistically, I'm, I'm curious about your opinion here because it's like, on one hand, Giga doesn't really have to worry about a takedown threat here. And that's, you know, historically been his weakness. This guy's a real kickboxer. Um, but let me ask you this. So they are going to stand. Giga's the longer guy. Giga's the taller guy. Cub's going to have to get in on that range. You know there's going to be some things waiting for him, maybe a big knee, maybe whatever the case may be. But Cub can crack too, man. And uh, you think there's a chance Cub can come out here and get an upset knockout? Yeah, um, I like this fight a lot, and <coughs> Cub Swanson had a had a, my bad, <coughs> my bad. Um, Cub Swanson had a uh, had a great knockout his last fight against Daniel the P- the Pit Pineda, but at the same time, in the back of my mind, I, I'm watching that fight, the fight only lasted about less, it lasted less than a round, um, and what I noticed is Daniel Pineda. Just talent-wise, is nowhere near the level of Giga Chikaze. As long as much as it was a great, spectacular, classic Cub Swanson, vicious, beautiful destruction, stiffening KO, one hundred percent. But it, I think y'all got a different thing coming. If y'all think he's doing that to Giga Chikaze, man, um, look, I like, I really like this matchup for Chikaze, man. Just because, like you were saying earlier, the wrestling, the grappling is what. If Giga has one weakness, it's his cardio. If the wrestling and the grappling is what makes it was is what usually gets him tired, you know, uh, when you lean on him, clinch him, you know, make him get up from bottom and strike again. That's what makes him get tired. And and Cub Swanson doesn't necessarily bring that to the table. I mean, Cub Swanson is planning on. I mean, him. I mean, you heard already heard what uh, Giga Chikadze said. He's like, this is gonna be one of the first times you see Cub Swanson turn into a wrestler, man. So. <laughs> um, you know, well, I, I just think that if your game plan is to 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 try to outstrike or land a bomb on Giga Chikadze, I, I I just think it's a uh, you know at this stage in Cub Swanson's career, I don't think it's a good uh, a good idea. I, I see Giga picking Cub apart, man. Um, I know he knocked out Daniel Pineda, but Daniel Pineda does not have the boxing, the kicking game, the cart. Even his cardio ain't even as good as Giga Chikadze's. I mean, Daniel Pineda hasn't even been to a decision in like a, a, a career that's lasted over like 10, maybe like one decision in a, in a career. Because I know he went to decision with Manny, but um, like one decision in like how many fights? Um, just because he beat Herbert Burns, I mean, you know, it didn't <laughs> he's, he's going to beat Cub Swanson and, uh, you know, I think that he's getting a little bit too much stain for for that knockout win against Daniel Pineda. I just don't see Pineda being on that level of Chikadze. I think uh, Gigas, this is the fight he's been wanting, the fight that he's been looking to make his name off of. The way he looked against Omar Morales, who was 13-0 and at the time, I mean, in his cardio held up for 15 minutes there is which I wanted to see. That's the only question I have. I mean, it's pretty much the everyone at that Kings MMA team, you know, Marvin, Benil, Gutrikadze. You know, we always wonder about their cardio because they because uh, they go so hard. But, uh, you know, I think uh, I think as, as long as he manages that cardio, man, he's winning a decision here by being the flashier, more diverse, better arsenal of strikes, 
better footwork. Cub Swanson's going to be reaching in, swinging bombs, and, and I think he's going to get countered. Um, I think the, the opponents that Chikadze are going to have are the guys that can wrestle and box, you know, that can do both well. Um, but I don't see Cub Swanson being that guy. So I'm taking Giga, uh, Giga Chikadze to kind of just pick him apart, man, and and, and make him look like a, a veteran on his way out of the game. No disrespect to Cub Swanson. One of the, I mean, you, you Oh, I love my boy Cubby Bear, man. Cubby, I grew up on Cubby Bear, man. Um, so, uh, you know, I think uh, Cub Swanson is a legend of, of the 45 division, but I see him taking a loss on Saturday. So, you know, I heard some people talking about, like, he's going from Jamie Simmons to Cub Swanson. It's like, guys, let's not – who gives a fuck about the Jamie Simmons? Firstly, he knocked him out in the first round viciously, but who who even gives a shit about the Jamie Simmons fight? Let's talk about the Omar Morales fight, like – because I bet on Omar Morales to beat Shane Young a couple weeks back. And when I watched that Giga fight, I was like, oh, my God, the speed that Giga is operating with. And like it just I was blow. I was blown away by that Omar performance. I don't know about some of y'all, but I was like, God damn, this guy is a problem. And your game plan is to stand and bang with this guy. I mean, look, maybe you can catch him. Cubs caught many people before Giga, you know, in kickboxing has been wobbled before. Uh, some people thought he might've got wobbled against um, Jamal Emmers. Maybe, maybe not, but bottom line, like hey, maybe Cub can land one of those big bombs on him. But if you talk about that Pineda fight, so all I hear about is the knockout. How come I don't hear about people talking about how Pineda was going out there and leg kicking the hell out of Cub Swanson to a point where Cub had to switch his stance and, you know, Pineda looked fat in that fight. Pineda is, you know, he's off the juice that he was in. He, the reason Pineda couldn't compete for the million dollar uh, tournament, you know, for the finals is because he tested positive. And let me just say this. You test positive in PFL? Like, that means that you're on some other shit because you, you see how these guys have been looking. They're drug testing in PFL super lenient. So for you to fail those tests? Like what? What kind of like uh, what kind of shit? What you kind know, of physical PFL, vitamins was he on? You know, you know in PFL they're omitting uh, Osterin test, so dudes can uh, go ahead and look. Did you see what Sung Bin Joe looked like? Sung Bin Joe looked like the Hulk his last fight. I was like, yo, I was like that. That's the guy that fought uh, Tamor. Uh, I was yeah. like, what? Like, why couldn't why couldn't he throw like that? <laughs> like, like, like physically, like he put on like thirty pounds of muscle. I was like, yo, who's this guy? I was like, wait, that's not the same Sung Bin Joe. That must be some other guy. But yeah, for Daniel Pineda to to fail those drug tests, like what kind of shit was he on? And he looked fat in that Cub Swanson fight, and he was still having success with those leg kicks. It's just we already know the deal with Pineda. First rounder bust always gases after the first. And I know Chikazi gasses, but not after the first. He gasses after the second. He's going to get off to a huge lead here in the first and second. Survive that third. Giga just survived that third round. But the, but there's a chance he can put Cub away, too. Cub's had more than one broken jaw. Cub got dropped by a jab against Boycano. I can see Giga coming out here and making a statement. And oftentimes we talk about that there's levels to this. For sure, I agree. But stylistically speaking, you're trying to get into a striking match with probably one of the best strikers in the division. So, uh, and, and and he's the longer guy, the taller guy. You're going to have to close distance on him. And not only are you going to have to close distance on him, your style, Cub Swanson, relies on big, loopy hooks. 
Ah, I think those straight shots down the middle are going to land first, man. So, look, maybe Cub catches him. Cub is such a vet. Cub's a legend. Cub beat Dustin Poirier back in the day. Cub's done some shit in this sport, bro. But uh, I think stylistically, this is a tough match. I'm, I'm going to go with Giga to land the harder shots, the more impactful shots. And I think he's going to announce himself as a contender at 145 pounds Saturday night. So all due respect to the legend Cub, I'm going to go with Giga here. Main event of the evening. This is going to be amazing. We got the former number one contender. We got Dominic Reyes. He's 12 and 2. He's taking on Yuri Prohaska, who's 27 and 3. Currently, they got Yuri minus 126. The comeback on Dom Reyes is plus 106. So, Shaq, at first, I was like, you know, um, why is the guy that, you know, fought, you know, tooth and nail with John Jones? Oh, he, oh, he only lost to the last two champions. Like, why is he a dog against this guy? But this guy here is no slouch, man. This guy here to come into his UFC debut against Volkan Uzdemir and to starch him, which no one's ever done the way he did. Um, look, the thing about Yuri is that he's a win big or lose big kind of guy. Like when he wins, it's going to be some of the most epic highlight reel knockouts you've ever seen in your life when he loses he's, he's probably going to get destroyed too because of his style he fights with his hands down a little bit he showboats which i love i love watching that stuff he's man he, he's a character he's very unique i don't think we've seen anyone like him before um so it's win big or lose big the issue with this fight is dominic reyes is more of kind of a point fighter you know the only guy he, he, firstly he's never knocked out anyone at 205 in the ufc that I mean, uh, Jared Cannonier's a middleweight. Chris Weidman's a middleweight. Um, who are Joachim Christensen? Yeah, do I have to say anything about that? So we're not dealing with a big knockout threat. He's more of like a volume guy. Um, and I think that people exaggerate how that John Jones went. I watched it last night and like, did Dominic Reyes do good those first two rounds? Yes, but the rounds that Jones won were way more decisive than the rounds that Dom won. I mean, I remember the commentators were like, man, Dom's got to dig deep here. Man, Dom looks like he's gassing out. Man, Dom's running out of energy. Whereas the moments that Dom had, it was like, oh, he landed a couple punches in a fist fight. Oh, my God. Because, look, when you're dealing with these dominant champions, like people overblow anytime their opponent has any kind of success against them because we're so used to them being completely dominant. So the fact that John Jones took a couple punches in a fist fight, oh my God, like people are acting like he won because he landed a couple shots. But it's like at the end of that, the last three rounds, he started bringing, he was going, he was running away from Jones. He didn't have that same volume. Jones, like I said, when the commentators are like, man, Reyes has got to dig deep here. They weren't They weren't saying Jones got to dig deep. So, I mean, I, I think we knew who the champ was that night. I mean, like I said, you don't overblow uh, these little moments that fighters have just because they're facing a dominant champion. You got to actually watch what really happened. And what really happened was John dug deep, won the third, fourth, and fifth, period, point blank. Go watch it again. Then the next fight against Reyes, I mean, ex excuse me, against uh, Jan Blachowicz. Um, Blachowicz, I think that Reyes, he... he he acted like the fight was already won before it even started. He looked even worse in that fight. He got blown out the water by the champ. No shame in that. Now he's fighting Yuri Prohaska. My issue with this fight for Reyes is this, man. It's like when your confidence is down in the dumps and you're questioning everything. I mean, if you hear his interviews, he was questioning if he's still that guy. Like, if he's, am I really the guy I say I am? This and that. Like, I think that Jones fight was very deflating for him. Like, Yuri is super confident right now. Yuri's in his prime right now. There is not 
an ounce of weakness in the confidence in the mental game of Yuri. So it's like stepping in there with a guy like that. Like this is not the rebound fight you want. But the issue on Yuri's side is the way he fights, he can get caught in any fight. Now he's won, you know, he's had 30 fights. He's won 27 of them. So he's got a pretty damn good percentage of winning. And he's beat some real guys. Vadim Nemkov finished him. Volkan Uzdemir finished him. And the thing I like most, look, I love the showboating. I love the flashy style. I love his boxing. Don't forget about that nasty head kick he has. But the thing I like most about Yuri is his toughness, man. I've seen this guy come back in fights, too. I've seen him get taken down and held down and grinded out for minutes at a time, come back up and knock the guy out. So he never wavers on his confidence. And I think that's going to be the difference here um, between him and Reyes. Look, there's obviously a chance Reyes can knock him out. And if you're betting Reyes, look, he went the distance with John Jones. He's fought better people. Um, and Yuri fights with his hands down. So may maybe Reyes knocks him out. Maybe, but I kind of think Yuri, uh, just confidence level right now. Um, the, I, I just think he's going to be more in tune with his attacks. And I think he's going to hit Reyes with some big stuff. And I think there's a chance, uh, he might hand him his third, uh, consecutive defeat. So I'm going to go with, uh, the favorite here, Yuri Prohaska to get it done, Shaq. And I think we got, um, someone to look out for in the top five of the light heavyweight division. Yeah, um, Reyes, man. I think there's a chance this guy was severely overrated, man. You look back at his fight with uh, with Volkan Ozdemir. I mean, I know it was controversial. I thought he won, but I know a lot of people thought he didn't win that fight. Then you go into the, you know, these opponents like Chris Weidman coming up from 85s. Chris has been, shout out to Chris. I'm not even going to get into that. But, um, and then you got the the Jones and the the Blackovich fights. Yeah, I think he put too much mentally, man. I, I'm not sure. I'm not convinced. Just hearing how he's talking, man. I don't know if he's truly over that, man. Like, I think that he's still like in his soul is still hung up on that, man. Um, and I I know he took that because I bet on uh, Blackovich to win the belt against him at like plus two some odds and. And, you know, that was the big reason because I it was because I felt like Dominic Reyes, not even that he thought the fight was over because the closer to the fight, he started backpedaling and he started giving Blakovich a lot more respect, saying that Blakovich is a tougher fight than John Jones. And it turns out he was right because it was a tougher fight than John Jones. Um, but I think that uh, I think that he was he put so much. Like after that fight, I remember the things he was saying. He was like, "I'm the goat," uh, you know. Uh, you know, he kept saying that, "I'm the goat. I'm the goat. I'm the, I'm the uncrowned champ. Um, everyone knows I'm the champ." And it's like, man, if you really believe that stuff, and you let your head even believe that type of stuff, and and, and another thing, I, I have a reason to believe that he might be surrounded by yes men. Now, I'm not. I don't know his training situation. But from what it sounds like, it's his brothers hold that on, are coaching. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You, you don't have reason to believe. You have factual evidence to believe. Because I watched that fucking Destin video and get he's training with his brother. His brother, yeah. His bro, it's like he's nope. got his three sorry, brothers. Wait, wait. So, sorry, sorry, and sorry to interrupt you, brother. There's not a head coach supervising things. There's Dom even said in the interview, I'm the head guy. I run my camps. Okay, Dom, you're you're at the highest level. You ain't fighting these bums in LFA anymore. You're, you're fighting the best guys on planet Earth, and you're the head of your camp. That's all I gotta say, Shaq. Well, yeah, the reason why I brought that up, man, is uh, you know watching some of his fights, at least the last 
two fights with Jones and um, and Blackovich, man, you could just hear the difference in like his corner versus like Blackovich's corner or his corner and John Jones's corner, and Greg Jansen and uh, Greg Jackson and Winkle John and them, and, and and it's like his brothers, honestly, bro, they're not telling him any technical advice. They're just saying, you know, yeah, do it, do it, you know, <laughs> like yeah, you're doing good, <laughs> like like I'm like wait. Reyes, what happened? I thought he was training at like elevation, like, but I guess he, uh, I guess he stopped that. I guess he wants to. I think there's a chance that Reyes went off the deep end, man, after that Jones fight, mentally speaking. And just, I don't know if he's going to be able to recover from it unless he can get like a layup fight to get his confidence back, man. Um, as far as Perhajka, Look, the only concern I have is the time he's going to pay the price for the, for his hands down. Um, at some point, it's going to happen. Um, I, you know, Dominic Reyes on the bright side is not known for his one punch counter, uh, one punch power. But at the same time, any straight left with this guy's hands down the way it is, man, it's uh, it's scary. But at the same time, with that hands down, man, he has an offensive like arsenal like uh, an attack man that is very hard to predict i mean the way this dude moves all over the place i mean you saw how ozdemir was looking ozdemir was like damn where is he coming from like I don't know. <laughs> like shit and he dropped he actually dropped uh Pahatka and Pahatka popped, popped right back up and the reason i believe why it might be harder to actually knock him out is because look at his history in rising man uh like in his fights with nemkov and these other guys there's another dude man he just beat he beat nemkov's brother in bellator what's his name um yeah, he beat nemkov too victor you know what i'm talking about um the dude's from like sweden or some shit. but anyways um like man these rounds that they have in rising were 10 minute rounds yeah. Car the first carl round. albertson that guy. Yeah, 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 that guy. Um, he's also another good fighter. And and in some of these fights, man, like they have 10-minute rounds in the first round. So they got 205 guys got to fight. That's why Nemkov couldn't continue to for the second round cuz the 10-minute first round, man, he gassed himself out so bad that like I mean, he couldn't even get up off the mat. I mean, I think Prohotchka is used to that type of pace. He comes out and he's looking to instantly, you know, overwhelm these guys with an attack that they're not used to. And, and I think that's probably what he's going to do here on Saturday night. I, I My gut tells me that Dom Reyes, I don't want to say this guy's done because at one point I was high on him, but he's just not showing good signs right now, man. It's just like, you know. Going into the Blakovich fight, it was apparent to me that he, he was still not over this uh, over this John Jones thing. And then and then you know I remember the night Blakovich beat uh, Adesanya recently. And, and who do I see running his mouth on on, uh, on Twitter? It's Dominic Reyes saying that the only fight I've ever lost is to Jan Blakovich. And I'm and I'm like Jan, I'm like Dominic, you're still like. Get off this shit, bro! Like the fight happened how long ago now? Like he's like, he's still mad about this decision. He's like, I won the first three rounds. Everyone knows it. Um, Blakovich is the only guy I've lost to. But hey, to each his own. I'm going with Yuri Pakhachev. Uh, I don't know how to say his last name. I'm not even going to try, but I, I just think he's going to come out here and overwhelm Dominic with his angles. Just the 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 ways he's coming at him. I don't, you know, Dominic is kind of. Honestly, just a traditional point fighter, like you were saying, got a good left hand, but I just think it's upstairs with him. I, I think there's a lot of things, and I don't like this brothers. 
this brother thing coaching like you got your three brothers coaching you i know you know you, you know you want to make sure your brothers are taken care of and you know they got money in their pockets but you know I mean, I'm sure Blackovich has got a brother. You don't see him coming. <laughs> you, know? I mean, you don't see his brother cornering him or, you know, I, I think it's very yes, Manny. I mean, just you can hear the way they talk to him in the corner. They're not telling him anything he's doing wrong. They're just saying, yeah, you got it. You got this. You got this. You know, shit like that. Like, you know, kind of like you would see on some of the lower levels, man. Um, yeah. So I'm going with Prahat. I'm going with Yuri to to knock this dude out, man, in the first round. Um, look, as far as that thing on its head, on his head, I'm not gonna look too much into it. I am worried that maybe this kid, did this kid get his, you know, his a hundred thousand dollar payday, and did he fucking go off the deep end as well? <laughs> you know, the, would I have liked him to have his normal haircut? Yes, but at the same time, man, Prahachka, at least it's not like he's one of these dudes that's been fighting complete bunch. Like, like I said earlier, like he beat Nemkov. I mean. Nemkov, in my opinion, could come to the UFC and and handle some of these 205ers as well. Um, he, you know, he he took care of Volkan Ozdemir in the first round, like that's uh, in the second round, my bad. But that uh, but that says a lot, man. Um, so I'm going with him to get the win. I think Reyes might be done. Yeah, I mean Reyes uh, just strikes me as very uncoachable. And when we talk about the brothers, we ain't talking about like Angel Cejudo, who was actually like a badass wrestler, yeah, like, exactly. has, you know, like who has like you know skin in the game. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> these brothers, yeah. like that's like <laughs> yeah. Like, I, his I'm, one, his 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 uh, one brother got knocked out by Mike Perry and never fought again. I don't even know his other two brothers. I mean, yeah, <laughs> like. I mean, as far as Yuri losing his mind because of the hair, don't even look into it because you hear him talk. Not only is he super respectful to Reyes, like just his mindset's different, man. Like he's like one of these guys, like he's really in tune with the samurai spirit. He's meditating every single day. He's got the right people around him, and I love his attitude. He said the right things about Reyes. He said he's a fantastic athlete, and I'm ready, period. Like he didn't have to disrespect him. He didn't have to downgrade him. He didn't. He just he respected him like I, I I like like you hear this guy Yuri talk and he's a very thoughtful and insightful individual like I was like god damn like there's a method to the madness and he actually speaks really good English too um but uh yeah I think there another might be thing, something man. about this guy another thing man them them Czech Republic man I remember a few years ago they couldn't really I didn't really know any fighters what they had besides my boy I don't know if you remember Carlos Vemela back in the day of course. But, uh, you know, the steroid, you know, he grew a bunch of weed in Czech Republic and got arrested for this shit, right? <laughs> but, uh, hey, free Carlos Vemela. No, he's out now. He's out now. Okay, good, but, good. Uh, but, uh, man, the Czech, man, they got they got Muradov, uh, Mahmoud Muradov's doing big things. They got Dvorak, uh, the flyweight, and now they got Yuri, man, you know. So look out for the Czech Republic, man. They're doing big things. Hell, yeah. No questions asked. Uh Listen, normally we do the fight to watch and fighter to watch, but we got to get out of here. Um, thank you so much to all our fans, all our supporters, all our listeners for checking out this very special edition of Half the Battle. Do us a favor. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. Shout out to our sponsor, Manscaped. Use the promo code BATTLE20 at manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping. Um, subscribe to Half the Battle on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Stitcher, Spotify. All the places where we are available. We'll be back uh, for the next card. Shaq, uh, follow him at MMA Genius 05. Follow me at Best Fight Picks. Go to bestfightpicks.com. Thank you guys so much for all your support. And until the next time, let's cash these bets.